when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com and now your host evan grote let's go raider nation you are listening to just pod baby brought to you by silver and black today we've made it week 17 is upon us it's been a rocky road for raider fans this year Things look very good early on in the season, but unfortunately another second half collapse and another missed opportunity at the playoffs. But we'll have plenty of time in the coming weeks to look back and reflect on and review on the season that was. But before we do that, we do have one more game this Sunday to preview and discuss. Make sure you check out Manscaped.com, especially if you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas this year. Just get online and get it for yourself. Get your 2021 started off right with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And the most underrated thing about the perfect package that they offer is the boxer briefs that come with the product. They are the softest, most comfortable briefs I've ever worn. I can't say enough about this company and their products. Save yourself 20% off plus free shipping with the code PODBABY at manscaped.com. The Raiders will take on the AFC West division rival this week, the Denver Broncos, in the 2020 season finale. Uh, The game will be played at mile high, and as of right now, the weather looks pretty good, so the Raiders are going to have a chance here to finish the season on a positive note and try to end the year with an 8-8 record and avoid another losing season. Quickly, the rundown for this week's final preview episode of the 2020 season. We will, of course, discuss the upcoming game and, and what I'm looking for from this team, even with nothing at stake in the short term. I think this game is about the long term. I will tell you what I mean by that, and later in the show, we'll be joined by Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the team for the Denver Post. But tonight, we begin with just a quick stat that I wanted to share with you guys. I saw it from Warren Sharp on Twitter. He tweeted it out the other day, and I thought it was worth discussing. So for those of you who did not see it yet, here's what it said. John Gruden has a record of 18-29 and with the Raiders right now in a second stint. That's a 382 win percentage. And it is a worse record than two of the other most recent head coaches who also lasted into their third years. One of them being Tom Cable, who's now the offensive line coach for the team. He finished with a 17-27 and record, and that winning percentage puts him just slightly ahead of where Gruden is currently with a 386 percentage. And Jack Del Rio, who was 25-23, and and that's a 525 win percentage. Now, a win this week would take Gruden up to 19-29 and overall in three seasons and would get that winning percentage just above, it would take him to a 395, just below 400. But the main point here that I'm making is that Gruden has to be better. If you look at the three years, okay, the big picture here, the three-year three trial we, we've had here. First season, 4-12. and 12. Okay, fine. I give him a pass that year. You traded away Mack. You traded away Cooper. They were obviously going towards a rebuild starting from scratch. Season 2, we see a, a big improvement from a record perspective. 7-9, and nine, that, was a, that was an improvement. The team 
was in the hunt for the playoffs at 6-4 and four midway through the season, but the wheels completely fell off down the stretch. But the team had many holes. In addition to a, a porous defense, the offense couldn't score points. We knew that this team was not a real contender for the playoffs. I think we can all agree on that. So I think last year the rebuild was a little bit ahead of schedule. But this year, this is the year we thought maybe 9-7, and seven, and, if, and if they got really fortunate, maybe 10-6, and six, even sneak into the playoffs. I think some of us thought that that was a possibility. Instead, what we saw was the defense that took steps back backwards after they spent a decent amount of money and cash and draft capital on that side of the ball. And Gruden brought in his buddy, Rob Marinelli, who we thought was supposed to to bring the best out of this young defensive line. That did not happen. That did not happen at all. This defense got worse. 29th in scoring, I believe, right now. I think last year they were 25th or something along, something close to that. Defense definitely got worse this year. Still can't, still can't rush the quarterback and still don't take the ball away enough. The offense made strides in certain areas, but still has a lot of room for growth as well. Now, whether or not they win on Sunday and finish with a seven or eight wins, I think one thing is for certain. This season was a disappointment. And as the head coach of the team, John Gruden, he takes the bulk of that responsibility. It has to fall on his shoulders. Now, I'm not calling for him to be fired. That's not what I'm doing here. Stability is very important. Raider fans know that more than anything with the carousel we've seen at head coach over the last 20 years, at quarterback over the last 20 years. Stability is important. Even if you don't love the quarterback or if you don't love the head coach, I think stability is key. And I don't think either one of those coaches or players, quarterback, is 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 bad enough to the point where you need to make a move right now, but that's a topic for another day. Gruden's safe for now. He's not going anywhere. He's got that 10-year contract. I've seen coaches fired for much less, but he's not going anywhere. He will be here next year, but but I do think 2020, excuse me, 2021 is a different ball game. He's got to do better. No doubt about it. So that is topic number one I wanted to get on the table at the top of the show here. And topic number two is is what I'm looking for in the final game this season. Is there something to be proved in a meaningless game? Both teams, Broncos, Raiders, they're not going to the playoffs. But when I say meaningless, I'm only talking from the standpoint that they cannot make the playoffs with a win or a loss. My opinion is this. Although the playoffs are out of the question, this game is very important, actually. It's so important for the mentality of this team going into the offseason. Think about it. Think about the past six weeks, if you're a member of this team. They absolutely need to something positive to hang their hat on. Now, I'll, I'll admit, normally, I'm the type of guy, I'm the type of fan that when the playoffs are no longer an option, I'm thinking draft. Whatever, whatever it takes to, to improve your draft positioning is, is what I'm for. So what I'm trying to say is here, normally I, I cheer for them to lose down the stretch if, they, if the playoffs are not an option. I know some of you probably disagree with that and, and think that that's not being a fan, and that's fine. That's, that's your opinion. But I think this year is different. 
I don't feel that way this year. I think it's different for many reasons. First of all, I think if you're looking at it from a, if you're picking uh, in the top five versus where the Raiders will be picking this year in the 15 to 20 range, I think it's a little different. The, 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 the player that you could be picking at three versus five could be huge. I mean, think about a couple years ago where the Raiders picked fifth and they, they took Cleveland Farrell and third was Joey, uh, not Joey Bosa, the other Bosa there, Nick Bosa, and fourth was Quinnen Williams. So that makes a big difference. At that point, I want to see the team take a loss and move up in the draft. In this case, it's different. Okay, and I also think it's difference. Uh, another big difference is uh, between if you're looking at a back-to-back seven and nine seasons versus an eight and eight season. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. Despite all the struggles by the defense, despite all the players who missed time with COVID and the injuries, despite a two and five record in the final seven games, should they win this week, that would make them two and five. It would give them a glimmer of hope going into a very important offseason. And I've said many times, I'm a believer in momentum. And while it's something small, we're talking one win over the course of a, of, of a terrible letdown in the second half. And you may be thinking one win, wow, that's not, that's not much. I think that it does make a big difference between going 7-9 and nine and not 8-8. Eight and eight. So that's the first thing uh, I want to see this week is just win the damn game, right? Just win, baby. Just get it done. And there's a couple other things that I'm looking for this week. Will this team show some guts and come out and play inspired with the playoffs not on the line? Has Gruden totally lost this locker room? Or are these guys going to still come out and respond to him, play hard? I think they played hard last week. Now, I know there was still a 1% chance that they could make the playoffs last week, but I think the defense played a lot faster. They looked aggressive. So I, I do think the team is still responding to Gruden, but do they do it again this week? There's a lot of young players on this team who I still believe have a, a, a bright future with the organization. I want to see how these kids respond on Sunday. One of those guys in particular is Damon Arnett. I think we can all agree maybe he was drafted a little bit higher than many of us expected. I think we can also agree that he's he has a lot of talent. I think we, we saw some of the talent that he has, but he had a tough rookie year. He had a very, very tough rookie year. Some of that had to do with the lack of an offseason. A lot of that had to do with constantly being hurt. He cost the team a win last week. With that, with that play he made at the end of the game there. But I want to see what he is made of. Coming off that costly mistake a week ago, I want to see what this kid is made of. I'd like to see him come out, make some plays this week, and give him something to build on going into this, his first offseason. The next two names I want to see something from are Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. I've been beating the Henry Ruggs dr- uh, drum for, for eight weeks now at least. Both of those guys we thought would have major roles this season. One of the big storylines of the preseason, I was thinking about that today, going back to the preseason, was how good these two guys looked. We were hearing it from players. We were hearing it from coaches. We were hearing it from beat writers. And then the season got here and things changed. 
for whatever reason. The emergence of Nelson Aguilar played a big role in that. Injuries also had an effect. But Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, along with Renfro and Waller, they are the future at the position. Regardless of what happens with Aguilar, if they resign him or not, He's 27 years old. He will be 28 in May. I can't say he's got four or five more real good seasons left in him. That's just not... Generally, receivers don't play that well into their 30s. I think the wide receiver position is is a position you want to keep your eye on going into the offseason. What do they do with Tyrell Williams? He was on with Scott and Q last week, and he said that he wants to be back with the Raiders. Will they keep him at $11 million? I hope not. That's a big number for him. Will Aguilar test the market? Will he look to score a big payday somewhere else? And some people out there still think they need a reliable, true number one receiver. Alan Robinson is the name you keep hearing. He's going to cost top dollar. We'll just have to wait and see. But I know one thing is for certain. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, they will be on this team next year. And Gruden needs to find a way to work them into the offense. He has not done a great job of it this year. I say he throws a large workload at these two youngsters, and let's see how they handle it. That's another thing I'd like to see. How about less Jason Witten in Week 17 and more Foster Morrow? This is not a personal shot at Witten. That's not what I do here. I don't take shots at players. He's had a storied career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But it didn't make sense to me when they signed him in the first place, and it still makes little sense to me that he has played 38% of the snaps to Foster Morrow's 23% of the snaps this season. Think about this stat for just a second. In 2019, Morrow caught 21 passes and was targeted 25 times. Five of those catches were touchdowns. That was second on the team. This year, he's caught six of eight targets for two touchdowns, six catches, six catches. He had five touchdowns a year ago. That makes little sense to me. He's a great red zone target and they don't use him. I don't understand it. Witten is, is most likely going to retire at the season's end. If not, I can't imagine he'll be back with the Raiders. Gruden, if you're out there listening to this show, Please play Foster Morrow this week. The kid is so talented. You have a great one-two combo at tight end with Waller and Morrow. I do hope that is one of the things Gruden is is asked about at his season-ending press conference when this game is over. Why such a limited role for Foster Morrow this year, especially given the struggles in the red zone towards the end of the season? And lastly... The last thing that I'm looking for in this game, I want to see Trent Brown play this week. He was listed on the Wednesday injury report with a knee injury. He did not practice. And at the time of this recording, I have not yet seen the report for Thursday. But I need to see him out there. The Raiders threw a boatload of money at him last year in free agency, and I think he's well worth that money when he plays. I have no issues with the team spending big money on the offensive line, or defensive line for that matter. Because I think those are that's where your teams are built, in the trenches. 
but availability has been a major concern for him. In his first two seasons with the Raiders, he's played in only 14 games, and two of those games he played in six snaps or less, including week one of this year. Now, I'm never going to question a man's motivation. That's not what I do. Injuries are, are can be out of a player's control. There's nothing that he can do sometimes when it comes to injuries. The only thing they, the players can control is, is how hard they work to get themselves back. We know he landed on the COVID list. That cost him, you know, that caused him to miss a, a few games, whether or not that was his fault or not. Okay, that that's going to be up to you. That's your choice to make. I think it's it, it's very tough to avoid COVID in, in this environment. Uh, but he 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 was said to be not wearing that that um, tracking device that the NFL players were supposed to wear. Then, of course, he had the mishap with the IV in Cleveland. And it just goes on and on with Trent Brown this year. But if he can go out there and play through some injuries this week, that knee injury, I think it would go a long way in rebuilding the confidence that this organization and this and this fan base has in him. Because right now, I think it's kind of low. Whether Gruden and Cable and those guys would admit it, I, I do think they, they lack confidence in him right now. Because we all know how good Trent Brown is when he's out there. He holds that right side of the line down. And and, and he and Colton Miller, they give you a great set of bookend tackles. Now, real quick, before we get to our first break, I want to remind you that the organization does have a potential out of his contract in 2021. So after this season, no dead cap left on his deal. His cap his cap hit in 2021 actually drops by $7.5 million to 14. I'm sorry, 7.5 million to 14 million next year. Now, to me, that sounds like a bargain for one of the best NFL right tackle, maybe maybe the best right tackle in the NFL when he plays. Now, are they going to bring him back at that number? Will they ta- ask him to take less money? Maybe rework that deal and give him more money up front? It's all possible. It's all possible, and it's all going to play out in the coming months. And the other big question I think we have to ask is, does he want to be a Raider? Does he want to be here? I think that's a fair question to ask as well. But the point I'm making is that he is an elite tackle when he's out there. And these type of guys, they just don't grow on trees. If he is not back with the team, well, now you have a big hole at right tackle. And you have to add that to the list of needs that is already large because of all the things that you need on defense. So I would absolutely love to see Trent Brown out there on Sunday. I think it would send a great message uh, from him to the organization that that you know he wants to be here and he's willing to play through some injuries here. All right, I need to get to a quick break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Ryan O'Halloran, Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. We will chat with him about the state of the Broncos as they head into Week 17 versus the Raiders. Don't go anywhere. A little holiday music here as we are back. Segment two. Happy New Year, everyone. Good riddance 2020. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You certainly won't miss anything about 2020, especially the Raiders football season. But we are back here on Just Pod Baby, the Week 17 preview episode. And we're going to begin to take a look at that matchup now. And to do that, let's bring in our guest tonight. 
That is Broncos beat writer Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the team for the Denver Post. Ryan, welcome to Just Pod Baby, and Happy New Year. Same to you. Good to join you. Yeah, thanks for uh, hopping on with me such short notice. I do appreciate it. Uh, It's been a tough year for both the Raiders and the Broncos, and they both share the same problem of playing in the same division with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of work that needs to be done by both organizations if they want to be considered a contender in the AFC West. But in regards to the Broncos... I want to first ask you about the general manager and president of football operations, uh, John Elway. And, and, and as good as of a quarterback he was during his playing days, he's really struggled to find the, um, the team a long-term, legitimate option at quarterback. They tried with Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, and now, of course, Drew Locke. None of them have really panned out. And I don't believe there's any, been any decision made on the future of, of Drew Locke. Uh, but but what what do you think? What, what do you see as the next move by Elway and the Broncos at quarterback? Well, to be determined. And you know, one thing about John is he keeps he he keeps taking swings. So you know, he knows when a guy's not a fit, be it Trevor Simeon or Case Keenum or Joe Flacco, etc. And so he goes back to the drawing board. Um, you know, Drew Locke has been underwhelming this year. But I don't think they're ready to give up on him, and uh, you know he needs to be better uh, at the start of next year. You know to hang on to this job to to see if he can bring some some stability to the game's most important position. But I think the move that the Broncos should make is you know get a more experienced backup that maybe can push lock a little bit. And right now they don't have that on the roster. But uh, you know quarterback is a part of the problem. They have a lot of other issues. Now, I think it's fair to say that the team has regressed a bit in Vic Fangio's second season after going 7-9 and nine last year. I think the expectations going into this season were a, a bit higher. Uh, first of all, I want to ask you, is, is Fangio's job safe going forward? And if he, and you talked about some of the, the bigger issues that this team has other than quarterback. If you had to pinpoint one glaring area for this team and their struggles, where would it be? Yeah, I think Vic's going to be back for a third year. He's been given that indication when I asked him that on Monday after the Chargers game. Okay, let's move forward. Vic's going to get a third year. I think Pat Shermer's going to get a second year as the play caller, try and have some uh, stability there. As you flip it to your second question, number one need in the draft, they got to go with corner. This team cannot create takeaways for, you know, that their career's dependent on it. They're one of the worst in the league at that. They've only had 11 on defense this year, 12 overall. And they've run through a lot of corners who have gotten hurt this year and weren't very good when, when they were healthy. So I think corner is going to be a priority. But here's the state of the Broncos is they could go six, seven, eight directions in the first round, and you could say, I get it. That fills the need. That's a problem if, if, that's, if that's the shape of your depth chart. So overall, you think if you had to look at the overall big picture for this team and where they have struggled the most, you would say in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, I would I would more be more specific in on defense and say a corner because they've just run out of bodies. And even before then, they weren't challenging routes, they weren't deflecting passes. At safety with Simmons and Jackson, you know, they they are they are in good shape there if they re-sign Justin. But you know, so I point to that. On offense, you feel like your line is in decent shape, receiver okay, tight end okay, quarterback and running back. Melvin Gordon is he going to be back? Philip Lindsay is he going to be back? And then we've talked about quarterbacks. So, you know, interior defensive line, inside linebacker, depth issues there. So uh, a lot of a lot of holes for the Broncos to address. 
Ryan O'Halloran is our guest tonight, Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. And I want to move to the offense. And I know they've they've brought in a lot of young skill players in recent years, and they have a really good core group of young players on that side of the ball. But I want to ask you about two two of the rookie wide receivers, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy. A lot of Raiders fans wanted Judy uh, at the draft last year. He ended up with Denver. But what have you seen from those two rookie wide receivers in their first season? Well, I think Hamler's been more dynamic as the second round pick, and that should be a concern for the Broncos. Uh, we'll start with Judy. Um, yeah, I use, I use the term underwhelmed to describe Drew Locke's year. I would just say the same about Jerry. He has one 100-yard game. He hasn't scored a touchdown since November 8th, and he had five drops last week against the Chargers to give him 10, a team high for the year. And, uh, you know, he's gone on social media a couple of times whining about not getting the football. Well, he was targeted 15 times last week, and he dropped five of them. So shut up and catch it. And I think that was probably the message behind the scenes for Jerry this week. Hamler's issue, he couldn't stay healthy. He had a hamstring in camp that flared up again in September. And then he had a concussion against the Chargers, so he's unlikely to play Sunday against the Raiders. But you, know, you can't teach speed, and you can't teach instincts. I think KJ has both of those. He had three touchdowns, two of which were in the Carolina game earlier, uh, earlier this month. And uh, I think he, you know, if you look ahead to 2021, who's going to have a bigger impact? I would say Hamler because he's going to have fewer touches, but he may more ha- he may have more home run plays. That's interesting, uh, you know, because I don't follow the Broncos closely. Um, and, and Judy was the guy that I was hoping the Raiders would draft. Of course, they went with Henry Ruggs. Uh, so I, I want to follow that up. Uh, some of the you, you said it was an underwhelming season for Jerry Judy. Why is it that the season has been underwhelming for him? I know that he had the drops last week, but has that been an issue overall, or is it something to do with with route running or or attitude or just a little bit of everything? Well, I think the quarterback upheaval impacted him. He had five drops in the first fourteen games, and then had five in the, in the in the game last week. So, you know, he was pretty consistent catching the ball. But here's where I point to is. Justin Jefferson in Minnesota could work off Adam Thielen. CeeDee Lamb in Dallas could work off Amari Cooper. You know, Henry Ruggs hasn't got a lot of catchers for the Braiders, but they have veteran receivers with him. Corlin Sutton was going to be that guy for Jerry Judy. He was going to have 100 catches, Sutton was. Torrey's ACL in week two. All of a sudden, now defenses can sort of pay a little bit more attention to Jerry. And so you add up all those factors, and he's made some splash plays, but also – He's disappeared in some games. He had no catches against New Orleans. He had one catch against Kansas City and, and Buffalo, and he had two catches against Carolina. That's all in the last six games. As a 15th overall pick, he's got to uh, you know, either get on the same page with Drew Locke more often or get open better. That's interesting. Interesting stuff there. Uh, I want to ask you about Melvin Gordon. He's in the first year. Uh, I believe it's a two-year deal with the Broncos, and he, he's knocking on the door of a thousand yards. How how would you assess his first year in Denver and what he has brought to the offense? Well, uh, you know, he started slow. Uh, you know, then he had an, he had an illness. who missed the New England game, and then he got arrested, which he wasn't disciplined for uh, in terms of being suspended. But I think he's picked up the pace a little bit here in the last, uh, let's say, second half of the season. And really what you've seen from him is he's averaging 4.7 yards a carry, so he can pop some big runs. The other thing is he can receive and he can pass protect. That's why he plays more than Philip Lindsay, whose season was basically a wash because of injuries and, and basically his inability to catch it and, 
and protect. So I think they'll move forward Melvin Gordon next year, even though he'll probably be out the first uh, three games with a suspension. Now, I want to move to the defense real quick. I know there's uh, a couple of guys uh, on that side of the ball who, whose futures are, are a little bit up in the air right now, a little bit unknown at this point. One of those guys is safety Justin Simmons, who uh, played this year on the franchise tag. And I know the Raiders could use a, some safety help uh, themselves. Uh, what are the chances that, that he and Denver are not able to strike a, a long-term deal and, and he does hit the open market this offseason? Um, I think pretty slim that he hits the market because, you know, the key with them re-signing Garrett Bowles, the left tackle last month was that means they don't have to tag him and they can, that means they have that tag free for Justin Simmons. And it is not really going to apply to any other player on the roster. Um, it's a hefty price because it's 120% of this year's salary, but they have room to, to do that. Um, Vic Fangio really likes Justin Simmons as an anchor to his defense on the back end. He has a team high four picks. So I think, I think Simmons, either via the tag or a long-term deal, is going to play for the Broncos next year. And just the last one I have for you, it's it's about the draft, and you you kind of already alluded to what you thought where you think they might go in the draft. Um, they are selecting, I believe, tenth right now overall. That could change depending on a win or a loss on Sunday, and what would happen with some of these other teams who are picking ahead of them at the moment. You touched on the need at cornerback. Uh, is there is there a name that you have in mind that that you, you that you like coming out of college and where would maybe a second biggest need be for uh, the Broncos this this off season? What makes it tougher to pinpoint a corner for Vic Fangio is he doesn't have a height specification like maybe the Seattle system does like tall corners. You know he wants a guy who can play inside and outside and show some versatility. And so those are the guys they'll have to consider. This is going to be a defense-heavy draft for the Broncos because they have a lot of older guys making a lot of money who could be cut after this season to create cap space. And so I could see them going corner, edge rusher, interior defensive lineman, cover linebacker, all of those first four picks. Um, so I think Vic Fangio is going to be heavily involved in, in sort of reshaping his defense during this draft. Yeah, seems seems very sounds similar to what what the Raiders' plan of attack may be going into the draft and free agency as well. Ryan O'Halloran, everyone, I want to thank you again, Ryan, for your time tonight. He covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. Uh, Happy New Year, and thanks again for joining me on such short notice. All right, same to you. Thank you now. All right, so there you heard our guest Ryan O'Halloran. He still thinks that Drew Locke and Vic Fangio will both be back with the Broncos next season. And I think that's probably the right call, especially with Fangio. Uh, this Broncos team was was ravaged by injuries just as much as any team in the league. I think he deserves a pass for that, and, and that should get him another season, uh, a third season next year as the head coach of the Broncos. Okay, everybody, that does it for this week's preview show. Uh, Be on the lookout early next week for the final recap show of the 2020 season with myself and co-host Mo Moten. Looking forward to one more Victory Monday show with you guys. I want to wish everyone a happy new year once again. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. And as always, just win, baby.